Hi, I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome to So Ma, So Good, a Fruits Basket podcast. Here we talk about the second season of the Fruits Basket reboot. We try and keep it spoiler-free, but if you're avoiding spoilers, please check the episode description for timestamps as well as content warnings. Without further ado, let's get into this one, baby. <laughs> Finally a lighter episode. This is going to be yeah. more fun. <laughs> fun. Like there was some, there was some more like tense moments and stuff, but it was also like the Cinderella rehearsal episode, um, which means there was a, a solid, uh, soothing break of um, just perfect teen shenanigans. Yeah, really good teen shenanigans. Even the heavy stuff in this episode. I mean, well, I think the subject matter of last week's episode is probably the heaviest part of Fruits Basket. Like, as yeah. Whole. So, <laughs> I don't think it gets. I don't think there's like a darker thing that makes me as sad as purely yeah. sad to consume. So, yeah. Uh, not that we're free of um, drama <laughs> and misery quite yet. Because it's because it's fruits basket and it's, fruits it's just basket, drama and yeah. misery. <laughs> drama and misery teen shenanigans and teen shenanigans and also pure love. Uh, true, true. I was gonna, love. and I was gonna say grown up sexy times, but <laughs> not, th- not this season. No. <laughs> I really liked that we got Yuki's point of view and his reasoning for why he decided to invite Toru to live with them. Um, I don't. I, I actually forgot that that was a thing that happened. That we got his um perspective, but. It's so nice. Like, I think, like, I mean, he's saying it's because he wanted to rebel against the curse, which is definitely true. And he does, like, do very small things to rebel against the curse in ways that he can. But also, like, I think he's selling himself short. Like, he, like, he's very kind and compassionate. And he saw that, like, she was in, like, a horrible situation and that he was in the position to help her. Yeah. You know, he's he's a good guy. He never gives himself credit for the fact that he's a really nice person. But, like, and people tell this to him all the time, and he's like, whatever, you only see me for the princely image. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but also you do do genuinely nice things for not only the people you love, but for weird girls um, trespassing on your property and sleeping in the woods. Like, (laughs) come on, Yuki, give yourself some credit. You're a good guy. He's a good boy. Um, He's just nice. So he's good. And it was also um, Sophie's brain is huge. Um, Humongous. Spectacularly (laughs) gigantic. Uh, Last episode, she said that Toru asking Yuki to befriend her, even if her memory gets erased, was something that changed his life. And then this episode said, yes, Sophie was exactly right. I was so excited. Round of applause for Sophie and her giant brain. Um, I was so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I was shitting my pants. (laughs) Yeah. It was really funny. Literally the first note in my notebook for this episode was just Sophie's mind. Um, (laughs) It's about us knowing and perceiving Fruits Basket. (laughs) It's our job. (laughs) Though I'm not unemployed anymore. Technically, I'm a portrait model and a student. 
Oh my god, amazing. I'm also not unemployed anymore. Yeah. Wow. wow. Life changes, huh? Sure <laughs> does. Set you fast. Um, um, anyway. Um, I, I really like how, um, confused Kageru is, um, by, like, the, by Yuki talking here, um, because what he's saying is extremely confusing and vague, <laughs> and it always is, and to, I've said this before, but, like, Toru kind of just, like, lets him do it, because it's what he needs, but Kakaru's just, like, a very straightforward person, and he's like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a good thing because it forces Yuki to articulate his feelings, which is, like, what he needs as opposed to keeping it bottled up inside or, like, tipped going around it. Like, he just needs to straight up, like, come out and say what he said. And it clearly made him feel better. Yeah. Uh, it's good. They're a good... They bring out good qualities in each other. Yeah. And, yeah, he's... We've said this before, but Kakaru is challenges Yuki in new and exciting ways that are, like, very appropriate for this sort of stage in his journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I had a weird hang-up where there's the scene where he's like, when I saw Toru running after Kyo, she looked like a woman, and then it, like, cuts to his face, and I'm like, this is not the right facial expression for this. Like, why does he <laughs> look so horrified? Like, he looks, like, dead-eyed. He looks like a zombie, but, like, a scared zombie, and I'm like, why did you do this? That's funny. I actually liked it. It seemed weird. <laughs> it just, like, it, it just, it felt wrong. It felt wrong to me. That's interesting. Like, it wasn't, like, totally... It, it, it was, like, not, like, totally dissonant, but it just, like, it lacked something. I didn't like the way his, like, what they did to, like, his pupils. Like, like the way his facial features was arranged was fine, but giving him, like, the weird, glassy, pupil-less look just, like, made it... It didn't do... It was not it. It was not it for me. That's fair. I liked it because I think he looks really, like, because I think he's, like, he's realizing that if Toru can love Kyo unconditionally like that, then she has the capacity to love him unconditionally, and I think that's very shocking for him. But he looks scared, not shocked. <laughs> I really think he is scared. I guess. I don't know. Right? I don't know. I mean, we can agree to disagree, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's a big moment for him, but I think him looking like, um, his soul left his body, kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll have to go back and watch it and think about what you said. <laughs> yeah. Um, just going, like, reminding a tiny bit back, like, right before that moment. Um, I'm so proud of Yuki for a being able to say out loud to Kakeru that his parents neglected him, one, and that what he, and that, like, what he yearns for is unconditional love. Like, I think, like, it's that is very, very vulnerable, and it's not something that he was able to admit to himself for a very long time. Um, and I was like, it's great that he's, like, grown enough to, like, say that out loud, which he's never said out loud to anyone, and that he found someone that he feels like he can trust to say it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very beautiful. And I just, like, I like... 
like I feel like the there's like a real sense of security in feeling loved unconditionally and like that someone in your life cares about you and loves you even if you make mistakes even if you're having a bad time and that's something he's literally never had before like ever and or I so it's just like it gives him this like sense of security I think that he's lacked his entire life mm-hmm. yeah I guess now I have to talk about the little tiny baby speech that I took an entire fucking page of notes on yep I'll just read the lines because I wrote them. This is in regards to saying that he saw Toru as a mother. So the lines are, I was panicked. I was baffled when I realized what I was thinking. I was terribly embarrassed. I didn't want to acknowledge it, so I pretended I never realized it. I tried to convince myself it wasn't true and tried to interact with her like a man does a woman, but it felt wrong. (sighs) What the fuck? (laughs) Why did Takaya literally write Compet? Like, I just... Like, that's I, literally Compet. <laughs> I want her to explain. It's just, like, I think, like, in general, like, when, when you look at it, like, without us reading into the subtext, I think a lot of it is just tied up in shame over, like, wanting comfort in general. But also mm-hmm. underneath it, you can tell that he's, like, very uncomfortable with his inability to feel these things for Toru. And you can tell, like, in the delivery and in his face and body language that... He's still, like, very torn up about this, and it makes him extremely uncomfortable. And also, it's just, like, this idea that, uh, it's like, he's like, I tried to interact with her the way a man interacts with a woman, or whatever, and I'm like, dude, I, I just, Right, it's like he's talking about, like, like, all of these, like, societal expectations of him that a man should interact with a woman this way, and he can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it does, I think, like, somewhat speak to the way men, I don't know, this might not be as much of a thing in, this is, like, definitely an American cultural norm, where I feel like I, some of my male friends have, like, or at least had a hard time seeking, like, emotional intimacy outside of romantic relationships, like, in their friends with other men or just platonic relationships with women, they felt, women, they just, like, had a hard time like it just like wasn't something they would do and so like they I think and I think this is like true where like guys will often like put a lot on their girlfriends because it's like the only situation that they're taught to it's like acceptable to be vulnerable in um so I feel like that's somewhat like if you take the compet out it's also probably a symptom of that but also like compet but also, like, like the fact that he's, like, panicked and confused and embarrassed by it as yeah. well. And also that like, his that conclusion... that is very gay. His conclusion that he, like, wants to... Now that he's, like, accepted that he doesn't feel romantically towards Toru, and Kakaru's like, ah, whatever, it's fine. We all have Oedipus complexes. And Yuki's <laughs> like, that, that, that's not it. Um, he's like no like I want to like experience this on my own terms and like in my own way I'm like why you're this reads is so gay it's so So gay and he's talking about how he like he wants to have this like equal relationship with someone where you're both giving and taking that's what you're doing with Kakiru right now (laughs) Ah! because he's confided in you and you're confiding in him 
you clearly see him as an equal because like another thing is like he doesn't like like he doesn't want Toru to have to always be taking care of him um Mm -hmm. and so he like feels bad about like burdening her with this information but he doesn't even think to feel bad at first for burdening Kakiru with this information because he doesn't think that oh Kakiru is taking care of me right like we're ha- like we are on equal like grounds i uh but just I like don't... the feeling of of being like panicked and confused and embarrassed and then forcing yourself to try and feel romantic things for someone of the opposite sex and it making you feel worse i just thanks for <sighs> describing my high school experience <laughs> literally thanks to like kaya it's just and it's just crazy because it is such a common experience for gay people who are repressing their sexuality. I just like I would say almost everyone I know who is who is gay has experienced that. Yep, it's just I feel like it's just like a stage you go through when you're realizing you're not straight. And I mean, I guess there's people who say that they have known they were gay since they were like really little, but me like both like I, me and most of my friends I feel like started realizing around the time we started going through puberty and I feel like there's always that stage of like repressing it and trying to just like conform to what you feel like is expected um, mm-hmm. like I remember like deliberately picking out what boys to have a crush on me like, too everyone would talk <laughs> about like having a crush on different guys and I would like think about all of the guys I know and I would like identify the one I found the least repulsive and then I would just say I had a crush on him Um, yeah no I would do the same thing and then also like for me like similar to Yuki like I had a friend I had a friend who we were like really really close and he was like the first person I ever told about like my like whatever like really personal stuff um and I found out he liked me and so I forced myself to feel romantic feelings for him which is like exactly what's happening with Yuki and Toru, except Toru doesn't like Yuki, so he, whatever. It's just so yeah, common. I, I, it's just, like, exactly what it, it's just, like, literally what it's like. I don't, yeah. I don't know, like, how, how she did this, but, um. I, I, I just don't, like, again, like, you were talking about, like, there is, like, a, an aspect of, like, masculinity and, like, feeling like you can't like tell your male friends stuff or whatever but I just like don't know if straight people feel like the way that he's describing like I don't I don't think straight people feel like this like ever hey if we have any straight listeners <laughs> tweet at us at soma so good on twitter and tell me if you've experienced what we're describing and I guess what Yuki is going through in fruits basket um, <laughs> but if we have any straight listeners if we have any straight listeners, do we have straight <laughs> listeners? Tweet at us if you're straight. <laughs> no one ever tweets at us. <laughs> but that's great follower engagement. <laughs> please, please identify yourselves. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, in conclusion, um, buddy, that is compulsory heterosexuality. And, uh, I'm sorry, but you are being diagnosed with gay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also feel like something that definitely, like, tipped him off to the fact that he didn't feel romantically for Toru is 
he's jealous of Kyo for literally everything except for the fact that Toru likes him. He's yeah. Like, when, when he's, because he can tell that they're in love with each other, and he's just like, that's good for, good for them. I want Toru to be <laughs> happy. And it's like, yeah. it, like it, it, but he's jealous of Kyo for literally, like, everything else. He's jealous of Kyo for having a loving father. He's jealous of Kyo for having a more normal, normal, quote-unquote, childhood. Um, he's jealous of Kyo for being, I think, more traditionally masculine. Like, mm-hmm. but is he jealous of Kyo because Toru likes him? No. Not, not even a little bit. He's like... He's like wingman in Kyo, literally. <laughs> like he's he Kyo is being very begrudgingly wingmanned by Yuki. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's less wingmanning and more like Kyo when he gets like sulky and in his own feelings and starts being a little bit of a dick. Yuki comes over and is like, "Stop it!" <laughs> <laughs> but hey, still, stop. <laughs> It's like he was trying to get them together, which is so like he's lit- uh, gay people. Uh, uh, <laughs> gay people, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh oh yeah. Speaking of being gay, um, Kakeru's lines have never seen someone so desperate to live on, and then they exchange the most intense fucking glances ever. Hello? I just, uh, I, <laughs> like, the way Yuki fucking looks at him after that line. I just, uh, okay, sure. Okay. Um, and the way Kakeru yeah. looks back? Hello? I love Kakeru. He really understands Yuki, and I feel like, like, he, like, knows that, like, what Yuki needs right then is, like, validation and acceptance, and that is, like, what he gives him. Mm-hmm. And then he can also tell that Yuki is getting really overwhelmed by their conversation, and he does what he does best is be a fucking idiot and break the tension. <laughs> but, the, but the way that he, the way that he breaks tension is exactly what Yuki needs. It works every yeah. time. He knows what he needs. Yuki enjoys the thrill of screaming at Kakaru, and Kakaru can tell. Um, He's like, this repressed little rat man needs to scream at me to feel better. So I'm going to, like, bait him by being a dickhead. Um, And it's perfect. (laughs) I love this soccer ball. I like the way, the, like, panel where Yuki's looking all, like, pissed off. I thought it was adapted really well. It was cute. Don't cry, Yuki! It's just so funny. Um, It's an iconic panel. Uh, Truly. Jumping back just, like, a little bit, I think, like, calling back to earlier where we were talking about how Yuki doesn't like realize he's nice is he's like talking about how he's like really uh refusing to back down a little bit and like just clinging and pushing forward no matter what and then he's like it's greedy of me and I'm like dude this is not greedy you literally just like want to live in like some fucking peace and have like just like a marginally humane quality of life like you're not being greedy you you deserve things yuki please process that you deserve good things i will shake you by your little shoulders (laughs) i made a note of the same line because i was like that's really sad (laughs) yeah oh and then kimmy rolls up kimmy i fucking love i I love yuki kakadu and kimmy 
I just, it's a perfect dynamic. It's so fucking funny. Chaos, Chaos trio. trio. Delight. I don't remember who coined that. Uh, it was me! It was you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Sophie's mind. Um, but I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, my contributions to this fandom are endless. <laughs> Because um, you want to know who coined homophobic, <laughs> homophobic homosexual, or homophobic ally? Uh, it was me! You. I mean, well, I remember <laughs> the episode where we said that we both said, like, reversed versions of it basically at the same time. Like, you said, like, homophobic <laughs> ally, and I said, um, like, supportive homophobe or something. <laughs> it was a group effort. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really funny. Um, yeah. What a okay, great... So. Sophie and Amelia, so much, so good. Greatest hits compilation. <laughs> <laughs> this episode we're, is we're very a little, silly. It is. You know, we needed a break after our fucking two-parter last week. Like, God. Yeah, no, we needed a fun episode. And this was a fun episode. Yeah. Um, I like that Kimmy's worried about Yuki. She's yeah. so cute. They're friends. They're friends. I liked it. Uh, we, we were talking before we started recording about how we think it's really funny that Kimmy is um, horny. And it's a <laughs> it's personality trait. It's such a funny trait. character trait. It's so fucking funny that she's horny. <laughs> like, anime replace all weird pervert archetypes with just high school girls who want to ask you about your kinks challenge like it's so much funnier so much funnier um more realistic less creepy like everyone knew that girl in high school that was like do you want to exchange erotic fan fictions and you'd be like uh i don't know about this um but yeah she's great yeah i love kimmy it's she's a good girl um, oh, but, oh, I wanted to say this just happens, like, between, like, Kimmy rolling up and whatever ha- happens next, I don't know. Um, is Yuki this, the saying- The timeline of this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we go forward, um, jump back, go forward, jump back. Uh, that Yuki is, like, confessing all of his embarrassing and pathetic secrets about his childhood trauma. Um... And, like, this, like, horrible thing, this, like, thing about Toru that just makes him feel like shit. Um, and then thinking about how much better he feels, that he feels so much better after telling Kakeru, and then saying, like, I think Kakeru is, like, a really kind person. Yeah. With this, like, romantic, with this, like, romantic-ass lighting. Like, they're, like, sitting, like, he's, like, staring at his back, like, with the sunset behind him. There's this, like, romantic-ass music. Like, um, Kiki, you have a crush on him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he does also it's he just doesn't, sweet he has no idea it's cute it's sweet it's like yeah it's fun like coming from like remembering the beginning of their dynamic where Yuki is like this guy is a jackass and he's yeah. annoying and he reminds me of my brother who's a jackass and annoying and then <laughs> uh, we get to here and he's like Time to confess all of my deepest secrets to Kakeru and then uh, stare at him in the setting sun and think about how he's so kind. Like, 
And it's also immediately after they had just been screaming at each other and trying to hit each other with, like, soccer balls. And it's just like, wow. Romance. Romance? Like, I hate I hate that it's literally how I write romances when I'm writing, like, either, like, original <laughs> fiction or, like, fan fiction. Is it's always, like, people screaming at each other and, like, kicking each other in the shins and then, like, thinking tender thoughts. And it's just, like... Because it's the best fucking dynamic. Yeah. Um, and then I really liked, like, they show, like, ge- Yuki, like, genuinely, like, starts stressing out about burdening Kakeru. Um, <laughs> and Kakeru immediately can tell that he's actually starting to freak out about it. And again, immediately diffuses the situation in a way that, like, makes Yuki feel so much better. And it's not like he's changing the subject. Like, he is being self-deprecating so that Yuki can be like, you're a little bitch, stop it, you know? Like, he's, like, totally taking the focus off Yuki and putting it onto himself. Um, and he just, like, is so good at putting Yuki at ease. Yeah, like, it's, like, one thing to, like, tenderly be like, no, you don't burden me. Like, which is, yeah. like, sure, it's valid and, like, that can work. But I think it's also, like, it works just as well for Kakuru to be like, I'm so burdened, Yuki. I'll yeah. never recover from this. Like, but I feel it's... like that like works better for Yuki than like the yeah. first thing. Just because I feel like if someone was like, "No, Yuki, it's okay. Like, they're not burning me," he'd be like, "I don't believe you," you know. But yeah. like, because Kakiru immediately is like, "Oh, it's such a burden. I can't take it anymore." Yuki is, it instantly goes into like, "You're an idiot." Yeah, <laughs> gay people. They're good. Uh, <laughs> There's just. It's, they're good. They, they're good. The they have such a good friendship. They are gay. What's not to love? Like, I'm sorry, Takaya, that you wrote this romance and didn't even know you wrote like a really good romance, but you did, <laughs> and so we. I guess we'll just have to acknowledge it uh, in our podcast with our, um, <laughs> according to Anchor, fifty listeners. Uh, 50 listeners. <laughs> to all the... Okay, 40, apparently... 49 more than I thought we were going to get. <laughs> yeah, truly. Truly. Um, we treasure you all. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Anyway. Okay, so then that scene finally ends. Yeah, we're finally free, and we get to floor time with... So uh, cute. Shigure... <laughs> Shigure is a fun, weird big brother, and... He does love Toru in his own sugary way. But you can tell, well, I was saying actually in my notes, like, um, like about Kakiru being able to diffuse the situation with humor. Shigure does the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Toru is, like, freaking out in that Toru way she does. And so he, like, knows what to say that'll cheer her up and make her laugh. He starts making fun of Kyo and Yuki because she knows, like, it'll make her laugh. You know, like, he's just, like, he just, like, knows. Mm-hmm. Ugh. He's a complex man. We love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, this is so fucking cute. So cute. <laughs> I want to say this is one so of my cute. one of my favorite Kiyoru moments. It's it's just like it's been a while since we've had like a good, really cute Kiyoru moment, and it's yeah. just. You can't watch it without smiling. They're just cute. And you can tell... I... Damn. I'm becoming incoherent. But, uh... <laughs> like, 
I just, it's so cute the way that they are so, like, comfortable around each other and, like, are silly with each other in a way they're not silly with anyone else. Like, they just bring out a playful side in each other that, like, I feel like a lot of the other times they just, like, don't feel comfortable expressing. Like, there is no other character in the show that Toru will tease. Yeah. Um, at all and like you could like she can't bring herself to like pretend to be mean like, <laughs> the whole conflict of this episode is she like literally is like even though she's playing a character she can't say mean things but here she's like she's not being mean but she's like messing with Kyo and she knows it and there's no other person she would feel comfortable doing that to um yeah and Kyo like goofs around a little bit more but it's like different it hits different and it's a different flavor when he's like teasing Toru Um, yeah no there's definitely a difference between like I'm like trying to think of like who he teases and it's mostly like Haru I would say is like the only other character he really talks to like that but even with Haru he's just like like you're a fucking dumbass like get off of me (laughs) that's not the way he talks to Toru it's like you're silly (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, otherwise he's like, all right, idiots, like, stop being whatever. Or he's like screaming back and forth with Uwatani in the middle of, like, yeah. whatever. But here he's like, I think you're the one getting bullied, Toru. <laughs> like, so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. And they're so, and just like the way they're flirting is so, like, Takaya's very good at writing teenagers. It's so high school for him to be holding it fucking, like, out of her reach like that. Oh, my God. Yep. Also, yep. I just yep. wanted to talk about Toru's face when he's, like, a do not tell she show. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, like turns around. Like, the sound effect. That's so funny. <laughs> like. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. She's, she's like, I do. I want, I, like, she's, will she lie to him? No, but she, <laughs> she's, she's, But will she tell the truth? It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> she thinks it's so funny that Kyo is playing. I think it's, like, really, uh, it's, it's, like, this perfect weird blend of, like, she's obviously desperately in love with Kyo and stuff, and so he's playing the prince, which is, like, whatever. But it's also, I, she thinks it's funny that he's playing the yeah. prince, because she knows who he is, and, like, she knows the person she's in love with. And him playing Prince Charming is funny. And yeah. it's just... I love them. I love that they can laugh at each other a little bit. Uh yeah. Um, and then, and then the I love Yuki coming in. The funniest thing in the whole—it's childish. childish. When that happened, I was like watching this out in my living room with my headphones in, and I just started like laughing so loudly that my roommate came out of his room, was like, "Are you okay?" And I was, and then just like saw I was watching anime and nodded his head and closed the door. <laughs> No, that's a very funny moment. And it really is, like, I mean, like, Yuki started his journey as the um, permanent third wheel, like, a couple of episodes ago. But this really, uh, like, really solidifies that. Yep. 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 (laughs) It's just, it's so funny that, because, like, Toru is his best friend, and Kyo is his weird person, extremely (laughs) fraught relationship roommate man that he lives with uh uh-huh. but and and he, they are a trio 
and it's he is the third wheel and it's so it's so so funny it's just he has to live like this yuki really has to live like this every day he lives like every this. day they're heterosexual in front of him yeah <laughs> oh yeah and then yuki fucking ruins the moment by being yuki. a vague weirdo like always um, <laughs> i love yuki so much but sometimes he's such a freak He's such a freak, and he's like, he what is he? He's like, do uh, she has the hat now? Do I need to give it back? Just out of fucking nowhere. I mean, is that not an appropriate nowhere to him? Because he was just thinking about it, but Kyo wasn't. Kyo was having a nice time flirting with Toru in the hallway, and now he's like, hey, remember that hat? Want to think about the hat, Kyo? Remember our extremely traumatic childhoods? <laughs> yeah. he's Yuki's like, you know, I was just, earlier today, I was digging through my traumatic past. Do you want to join me in this? <laughs> <laughs> no, Yuki, he doesn't. He was, not, he, he was not equipped for that. You really just sprung that on him out of nowhere. <laughs> but it is, like, like <sighs> it's, it's kind of cute that he, like... Okay, I, I feel like I have to use this phrase. I used the phrase shovel talk before we started recording, and Amelia didn't know what it meant, but what it means is, like, when, you know, in, like, movies, when, like, a father sits down a boyfriend and he's like, if you treat my daughter wrong, I'm gonna shoot you. So that's what a shovel talk is. So I think, like, it's, like, funny that he, like, gives him a shovel talk here because he walked in, they're flirting, then he remembered that Kyo's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and then he basically threatens him. Uh, <laughs> he's such a fucking nightmare like it's i think like yuki looking out for Tor- yuki like he feels like a burden to toru but he also like definitely is like i feel like very aware that she is also he's like she's like a mother to me but i think despite kind of idolizing her he's also very aware that she's like another traumatized teenager which is why he's like i'm not gonna like i don't want to dump all of this shit on her because she is a recently homeless orphan um and so and i think that it's like and it's like earlier when um at the beach episodes how he basically like wandered through the woods all day making sure akito didn't like jump out and like attack toru he doesn't he does very secretly without Toru knowing about it, but he does like try and look out for her and like look out for her yeah. emotional well being in his little ways and I guess one of them is uh harassing Kyo when he thinks Kyo is failing as her lover. <laughs> it is something that I like about Fruits Basket that like I think like Yuki is pretty protective of Toru and I think like Kyo is also protective of Toru, but they also both like respect her like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which is I think like kind of rare I think uh, but like I mean yeah. Yuki talks about like in this scene how he like looks up to her um, and stuff I don't know yeah. what else he says but he says he looks up to her and I think like he does like respect her as a person and like respects that like she like is having like, she has her own like inner world and inner troubles yeah there was like an earlier episode or something I forget, it might have been the conversation with Kakadu, where Kakadu's like, oh, Tor- does, is Toru into, like, Kyo? Kyo's like, man, that's, like, not my issue. She's gonna date who she's gonna date. Like, yeah. I'm not, and it, it was something along the lines of, like, she's her own person that makes her own decisions. Like, I'm gonna respect yeah. that, obviously. 
like, what do you expect of me? Obviously, Totoru has her own autonomy and makes her own decisions. Uh, so, he's yeah. good. You're right. He, I forgot that he did have that conversation where he says that. Yeah, um, I think... It's just good writing. It is. Because I don't think being protective business is, like, a bad trait. But I think yeah. it's, it's a good balance of, like, looking out for... They look out for her, but they also are not, like, infantilizing her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the first time I watched this episode, I did not cry. The second time I watched <laughs> this episode, I was sobbing. Just, like, at this little moment where, like, Yuki is, like, able to, like, he's finally, like, he has finally, for the first time, articulated his feelings about Toru, and he's told someone and it was received well and validated. And, like, he's not ready to say it to her yet, but he, like, does these little things to try and show her that he loves and appreciates her. Um, and so, like, yeah, when they were, like, holding hands, I was, like, fucking crying. I just think their relationship mm-hmm. is, like, really beautiful and special. It is. I love Fruits Basket. I love stories where uh, there's just, like, it investigates relation, like, because, I mean, I love a good romance. Obviously, Kyoru is impeccable. There's other romances I love to uh, read. But I think that there's less stories just about, like, the power of friendship, I guess. Or just, like, but, like, usually aimed at, like, uh, taken, I guess, more seriously. And, like, in the context of, like, all of the things they deal with in Fruits Basket. But, and also it's a friendship between, like, a man and a woman, which I feel like you never really see super often with, yeah. Like, t- it, it's given, like, I feel like equal importance in this story is, like, any romantic subplot. Um, and yeah. we love to see it. It's, well, it's, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't know. It's the reason I think that Yuki's storyline never should have been a romance. Like, at all. Because I just feel like his storyline revolves around, like, how there are many different kinds of love. And how those kinds of love are just as valid and just as supportive as romantic love can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you. Like, oh, well, well, whatever, spoilers. But, uh, I think, I think it, he doesn't need a romance plotline. I think he's already has such a strong character arc and has such interesting relationships with other characters like Toru and Hatsuharu and even Kyo, um, that I feel like it doesn't need he doesn't need it like it's already like a very complete um story yeah yeah very very vague spoiler (laughs) vague spoiler Um, yuki has a love interest (gasps) who is it (laughs) me thinks it's not takiru (laughs) no there's Um, a reason that we call takaya the homophobic ally Um, (laughs) yeah I like when he was doing his little, like, internal monologue about how he wants, like, Toru to be happy, and, um, he wa- like, I think, like, part of the reason he's delaying, um, telling her is, like, both because he's not ready, but also he's like, it seems like she's going through a lot right now, I'm gonna wait, <laughs> gonna wait because yeah. she seems like she's in a better place, um, which is right, he's right. Yeah, um, yeah. But... I liked these, he definitely, like, I feel like in whatever, last episode where we saw his whole, like, tragic backstory, you saw how much he was punished for ever expressing, like, a negative emotion, like, whenever, like, getting hit when he was crying and stuff, and 
when he's talking about what he wants for Toru, he's like, I want her to have a like safe place where she can sulk or be sad and have bad days. And I think it's like, he really is like learning to recognize the importance of having like a safe space to let the parts of yourself that you feel uncomfortable with show. And he wants that mm. for her. He wants that for himself. It's beautiful. That's, yeah. a, that's a good point. Um, good job. Thank you. <laughs> anyway um yeah so now they go to rehearsal i fucking love toru so much she's, <laughs> delivering her lines she's her girl she's like i I'm, I'm gonna deliver these lines so they fucking, fucking kills me oh <laughs> uh, <she, laughs> uh, takaya really like chose the funniest possible casting like i, I know her. it's comedy gold it's so funny um, I love that, I also love the, um, script writer, this, whatever this Oh my god. In like, I love that she just sees this going down and is like, I'm gonna rewrite this. Like, <laughs> she has no name and she does nothing else in the story, but, uh, <laughs> she, her, Yeah, she's, like, never in it again. <laughs> she's perfect. Uh. Yeah, she's great. Thanks, queen. Um. I also, I made a note of, like, one, like, moment because I thought it was really funny. It's Yuki tells Kenoshita that she's passionate. And I think, like, this happens, like, a few times where Yuki says something that he thinks is innocuous, but it comes out as a backhanded compliment. <laughs> and he gets so confused when people take offense to it. He's like, uh, what? It's like, dude, like, that was kind of rude. Oh, Yuki. <laughs> he just, like, does Perfect, it. Like, perfect oh. rap away. <laughs> Fucking love him so, funny. so much. Um... I think it's really funny. Or I forgot that Yuki um, invites Ayame to do this, and it wasn't like Ayame finds out that Yuki's in a play. Wait, and, he like, does? Because he's on the phone with him. And he, oh, I, I never he made calls, that connection. I think he calls Ayame and is like, "Will will you costume the play I'm in?" Because <gasps> like otherwise, like, I so like good for them. He's they're they're making their own little slow progress in the relationship. Uh, also, it's just funny you keep being like it's not a fucking wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background, the continuity of them trying to put the door <laughs> back on its hinges. <laughs> so funny. Fucking student council room. How many like how much money and damages does the student council do to that fucking classroom? <laughs> how does how much money and damages do the somas do on the school? <laughs> True. God. Haru trashes an entire classroom. Mikio breaks a window this episode. Machi knocks down the door for Yuchi for for Yuchi for Yuki. Uh, <laughs> Hello. The Soma Damage yeah. Fund. Um. True. This is why they have to like be involved in organized crime. Like yeah, they need to, they need to fund their destructive, like emotionally challenged teenagers. Uh, <laughs> anyway um uh, ayame saying oh honey in english was really funny i don't know why but i really liked that really he's i fucking gay i don't once again takaya writes gay people um, she does ayame's voice actor is the funniest man in japan you know he plays reagan in yeah, mob yeah, psycho yeah, yeah. fucking Literally. absolute king he's so funny every time he opens his mouth i'm just pissing myself <laughs> stay hydrated queen 
anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I am in me there in a lavender marriage. <laughs> really funny and and yuki and ima's like dynamic like yuki being the straight man to ima's whatever the fuck he is is (laughs) insanely funny Uh, actually i wrote that it reminds me of tamaki and haruhi yeah yeah (laughs) um that's true uh that is very true they're really good (laughs) they're really Um, funny i love mine i love that she's a goth ally um, yeah, <laughs> I forgot the little detail where Hana's like, "I want a black dress," and everyone's like, "Yikes!" And then Mina is like, "I love yes. this. I'm excited. I will make the." It's like it's fun. She's vibing. You can, you know, Ayami and her are in a lavender marriage for a reason. Mm-hmm. They love helping people express themselves in whatever yeah. way they choose, um, whether it be yeah. Sewing a man a wedding dress or making Hana a all black Cinderella dress. They're there to support your passion and your self expression. They're very non judgmental. Yes. Yeah. We love them. Um, I want to go to their fashion store. I know, right? It would be so fun. I want Ayame to put me in an intensely ugly dress, like the one he put on. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Please pan up 47 times on my hideous, outdated Lolita dress. Thank you for referencing my favorite joke in the original. <laughs> they pan up 65 times. <laughs> um, also, I love Uo wanting to be uh, lesbian Charlie's Angels. She's amazing. Uh, yeah. like, I want to kick ass and be a hot lesbian that fights. And she um, deserves to be that. It's please let her. Please just let her. Takaya, save Uo. (laughs) Please, I'm begging. Um I I love that uh Yuki, like so in the scene where they go back to the theater slash gymnasium. The combination theater slash gymnasium. Um Uh and he like puts like Toru's like kind of like getting stressed out because like Kyo isn't there and whatever. And he, like, puts his hand on her shoulder, which is, like, kind of big for him, because Yuki, like, I, we've talked about this before, Yuki doesn't touch anyone. No one. Yeah. Um, but, like, he touches Teru a couple times in this episode, and I just think, like, he's, like, he's just letting himself, like, receive love and show love. Yeah. They're, it's good. He's come so far. He's our perfect yeah. rat. Um, he's a perfect little rat boy absolute perfection um yeah they're good um and then it's time to yeah uh, staircase yeah angsty boy scene angsty boy scene um yeah this shit fucking hurts directly after last episode what kyo saying to him here yep ouch Kyo is so brainwashed. It sucks so much. Their relationship yeah. is such a tragedy. Yeah. <sighs> it's just 
Ikkyo, like, he will not and he cannot get to know Yuki. He can't. Because if he realizes that, like, that they're not that different, then there's only one person left for him to hate, and it's himself. And he has to hate someone else. Like, he has to blame someone else. It's very much like Yuki has, like, this season has been Yuki, like, processing a lot of his trauma and growing a lot and, like, realizing, like, like... Like, I feel like this is, like, Yuki kind of trying to maybe tentatively, like, see if he can, like, change his relationship with Kyo, and Kyo mm-hmm. just is, like, not ready. Like, Yuki has done all of this, like, emotional heavy lifting where he's kind of in a place where he might be, like, ready to start changing and developing the relationship, and Kyo is just, like, not there with him. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think that's the reason, like, when Yuki, like, turns around and, like, looks at him, which, by the way, I wanted to say that the facial expressions were better than usual this episode. Yeah. Um, and this was one of them, when he, like, turns around to look at Kyo, like, he's showing Kyo emotion, which he never, ever, ever does. Yeah, because he's trying to signal that he is ready to start moving on. Um, but yeah. like Kyo is actively repressing everything. Like you can see in this scene, he is actively repressing something that he just doesn't want to think about. And Yuki is, Yuki has done a lot more work this season than Kyo is ready to start doing. <sighs> Kyo. Kyo. And Kyo breaks a window about it. Yeah. Which is like, it's like, it's kind of like a, it, it reminds me, because I feel like, like, Yuki has obviously, like, this season is more Yuki-centric than Kyo-centric, and, like, last season we saw a lot more of Kyo growing, but, Mm -hmm. like, we haven't seen him destroy shit like this since, like, earlier season one. Like, I feel like this lashing out is, like, the way that, like, these painful memories and, like, what Yuki is trying to bring up and, like, kind of, like, process with him is something that, like, makes him like regress almost to like mm-hmm. earlier more destructive coping mechanisms he has yeah no i agree and i think that like for the most part like the work that Kyo has done this season has more to do with him untangling his feelings about toru more than it has to do with his feelings about himself mm-hmm. um and so like yuki bringing this up it it's just something that he's been like actively ignoring um all season and and yeah and he can't he can't handle it and that's why yeah and he lashes out and then he just leaves because he cannot handle it mm-hmm. um yeah i hate the way they adapted it visually i hate yeah it. i thought it looked like butt butthole <laughs> it's like yeah and it, it's sad because i think it's a really beautiful part of the manga um, and it's just, like, they use this, like, cold, blindingly white light Yeah, for I didn't like sometimes. the lighting. It was weird. Yeah. Um, I wish they had not done that. Uh, and also I miss that we didn't see, after Kyo walks away, um, in the manga we see Yuki's eyes, and in the next panel we see that there's, like, a drip of blood on the floor. Um... And they cut that. We don't see his eyes at all. We just see his side profile. And I think it's a little harder to tell. I mean, I think, like, you can tell that Yuki's feelings are hurt. 
but I think it's a little harder, hard to tell, like, to the extent of which his feelings are hurt, because I think they're very hurt. Yeah. Like, showing someone's eyes, I think, is way more expressive and way more emotionally intense than the shot they used. Like, it just, yeah. like, didn't get across the intensity. And also, I feel like they use hiding eyes to hide emotion, but Yuki, you don't need to do that with Yuki anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, we've gotten to the point where, like, we can, like, we should be able to see his emotions. Uh, so, that was disappointing. Yeah. Sucks, because it is, like, a, it's a loaded scene. It's important. It's very right. loaded, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do like the function of him talking to these girls, or not these girls, it's a girl and Machi. Um, yeah. because, like, like, we know that his feelings are hurt, and we know that he's having an extremely rough 48 hours, um, <laughs> <laughs> and yet he's still able to, like, put on airs and have, like, a totally normal and casual conversation with this girl right after Kyo, like, ripped him a new asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like Kyo, like, rips him a new asshole, punches, like, punches through a window, and, like... What's what's happening with why is the window broken? Yuki's like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very uh, like he still like has the exact same like coping mechanisms and yeah. And then Machi, Machi, Machi. I like Machi. I I really like Machi. Like. Do I necessarily like what they do with her as a character? Eh, but I still think she's an interesting character, and I think her parallels with Yuki are also really interesting. Um, and I think they are able to read each other a lot better than a lot of other people can read them. Um, and I think it's because they're very similar. Yeah. Um, they are very similar. Yeah. Um, but I liked, like, one, I like that Machi, like, she is very, very quiet, but when she does speak, she, like, says exactly what she's thinking, which I appreciate. Um, yeah. Even though, I mean, she obviously, like, didn't... The the girl who she's with thinks that she's being hurtful, and I can see why she thinks that. Um, but, like, to Yuki, I think, like, he feels seen, but in a good way. It's about the being known. Yeah. Um, she's submitting him to the mortifying ordeal of being known. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of likes it. <laughs> likes it. Um, yeah. No, she's had like very few lines of dialogue at all so far, but mm -hmm. she comes out and she says just a couple words, and it is a swift and effective punch. Yeah. Yeah. She's like Kakaru. She's very straightforward. Yeah, she's fun. I like her. Yeah. Um, and then that scene ends, and I made a note of a line, because I, like, never thought about this, but, um, like, so, like, Kyo goes back to the classroom, and Toru's in there, and she's like, Yuki never came back after he went looking for you. Where did he go? <laughs> Do we ever find out? Or he just, like, goes to sulk somewhere? I don't- yeah, I have no idea. I had never thought about it before, because it's probably just something my eyes skimmed over in the manga, but she said it out loud, so I was like- where is he, though? I don't know. Maybe a student council duties or something. Like, yeah. he's running around. It's cultural festival. He's a busy little rat. Um, he is, yeah. Maybe his brain went on random rat mode. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Oh, you fuck. <laughs> Rats have a random mode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when Yuki smokes weed. He gets put on <laughs> He mode. goes in random mode. <laughs> and he just starts zigzagging across the lawn. <laughs> walking up and down the stairs <laughs> he's just like doing things he's just like people are like yuki like why are you opening every cabinet and he's like i don't know um, i'm on random mode i just feel like it seemed like the thing to do uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay uh, so this kiyoru scene <gasps> talk about loaded scenes woof well um, i really love this scene um, I know. I think this is just like another scene that exemplifies the things that make Kyoru such a wonderful romance. But also, it's just like because you have this like really tense scene with Yuki, and Kyo gets very upset, um, and he's been in a bad mood all episode, um, and making Toru worry. And it's like, but like as soon as like Yuki accuses kyo of doing anything that might be upsetting toru yuki or kyo gets really defensive upset because whatever that's his relationship to yuki and also he's a he's 16 um something like that like he's got this like extremely so much baggage around yuki and baggage in general but even when he's really upset he like goes into that room and he like takes a moment to reflect and he's able to like put his pride aside and put his like, fraught relationship with Yuki aside and be like, oh, I was making her worry. Like, which is just... Yeah. He loves Toru more than he... It's more important to him that Toru is okay and that he's not causing her distress than it is for him to, like, feel justified in his conflicts with Yuki or whatever, you know? That is one big thing that he has, like, progressed on, like, a lot this season, and it actually does have a lot to do with, like, because Yuki, like, this is not the first time that Yuki has called him out for doing this. He calls him out multiple times in the lake house or the beach house. Um, yeah. About and also on the school trip. Regarding Toru. Yeah. And and it is something that, like, Kyo is, has improved on reflecting on his actions and how they affect Toru, who is mm-hmm. never going to tell him that... He's no. hurting her feelings. And he knows that. Yeah. He's good. He's imperfect, but he's trying his best. Yeah. You know? He loves her very, very much. And he, like, yeah. wants to express that, even when he's being a shithead. Yeah. Um, um, I also thought the scene was very visually beautiful. I like the way that they yeah. adapted this scene. It was nice. It was pretty. The lighting was nice. But the moment when he, like, brings her face towards her, I love that they have, like, a, uh, we talked about this before, but they have a really, like, good, like, physical language with each other. And, like, I think, like, he is, like, I think he's doing two things here. I think he's, like, silently apologizing for being a dickhead. And I also think that, like, he's kind of seeking comfort for her, from her, because he just had, like, a seriously rough fight with Yuki. Yeah. He's, like, bleeding. (laughs) And he's bleeding. It's like actively bleeding. The fucking look that he gives her. He wants to kiss her. <laughs> uh, and she wants it too. She wants it, but yeah. she doesn't know. 
<laughs> she like she does not know how no. to cope with what no. like like Kyo is like not coping perfectly, but he's trying. Toru like can doesn't know how to process it. Like he's like goes over and yeah, he's like yeah, giving this sort of silent apology for being weird and moody and making her upset, and also being like I want to be near Toru because I'm upset and she makes me feel better. Um, but she's it just like she's feeling all this stuff, but she's just like really overwhelmed. Like she does not know how to like handle it really, which is why she's like turns bright. I mean, part of turning bright red is like, oh, Kyo's like way up in my face and he's beautiful. Um, and part of it is just like, she's distressed. Yeah. Um, no, I think she is like very like overwhelmed with emotion that she can't, she doesn't like know what it is. No. And her, and her, re- the thing is like her reaction to everything that is like too overwhelming for her is tears. Just always. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if she's really really happy she cries if she's sad yeah. she cries it's just like as soon as like any emotion hits a certain level of intensity for toru and it's not that intense like, <laughs> the threshold is pretty low she cries yeah yeah i like it though it's a good character trait i think it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's cute it's realistic some people really are like that yeah she's tearful yeah we love her and she also just, like, feels, like, she just, like, has a lot of feelings. She does. She's, like, both <laughs> so repressed, just, like, unbelievably repressed, but also just, like, emotionally volatile. It's, like, yeah. contradictions. Uh, it, 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 like, it, like, makes perfect sense, and it, see, it's, like, very consistent, but it's also, like, a little contradictory, which, you know, some depth, some yeah. flavor. Takai yeah, is excellent good. at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was the episode. Yeah, that was fun. This was, uh, way less emotionally draining to record than (laughs) last, uh, episode, because that one at the end of the day, I was like, I have to do statistical analysis, and then I just, like, laid face down on my bed. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, like, felt like fucking wiped the entire night after that. (laughs) Yeah, but now I feel, I feel fun. I feel chill. This is, uh... Fun mix of, like, meaty emotional intensity to unpack and also some excellent shenanigans and some beautiful little cute romance moments. It was great. Yeah. Also, Ayami made us scream for I don't even know how long that was. <laughs> oh my god. He's just so fucking funny. Yeah. <sighs> um, Alright. Do you have any, anything else to say? Other Next no. week is Cinderella, which is gonna be a very fun episode. I'm so excited. So um, excited. Kazuma... Kazuma? Uh, oh, Kazuma! I love Kazuma. Kazuma. Dilf. Um, um, truly. <laughs> truly. The Dilf of Fruits Basket. The, he is the Dilf of Fruits Basket. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, take us out, Sophie. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Tumblr at Soma So Good. If there's anything you want to ask us or any topics you want us to discuss, just hit us up on social media. Thanks and see you next time.